This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 207, submission number 2073, the 1954 Casino Royale TV movie. The 1954 Casino Royale TV movie was an episode of Climax, with an exclamation point, that aired October 21st, 1954, on the CBS television network. Live! From Television City in Hollywood. Barry Nelson. Peter Laurie. Linda Christian. Starring in tonight's production of Climax. series from Hollywood. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, William Lundigan. Good evening. This doesn't look dangerous, does it? But it's killed plenty of men and women. It's made beggars of many and millionaires of a few. Mighty few. In French gambling casinos, this is called a shoe. It holds the cards for Baccarat, king of gambling games, and its purpose is to make sure that no one can pull any funny business like dealing from the bottom. The game to be played tonight is for the highest stakes of all. A man is going to wager his life. Climax presents Casino Royale from the bestseller by Ian Fleming. Stars Barry Nelson, Peter Laurie, and Linda Christian. And now, Casino Royale. Well, everybody, the 25th James Bond movie, No Time to Die, is finally in theaters after what seemed like years and years. Yep, the grand and glorious finale of the Daniel Craig run as the title character. Of course, he of the shirtless, muscular musculature and the Heineken beer in his right hand. Look it up. But he wasn't the first person to play Bond. Well, actually, this is a known fact. I mean, we've had, what, six Bonds? No, five Bonds before him. He started out with Sean Connery, followed by George Lazenby, who wasn't even British, by the way. He was Australian. He was Australian. He only did one movie, but it's the best Bond movie, so... No, no, he did another movie. He was in the Kentucky Fried movie. Oh, that's right. He was in the Kentucky Fried movie. I just mean one Bond... I I know this because I have a copy of the Kentucky Fried movie. I just mean one Bond movie. Okay. And then there was Roger Moore... Followed by Timothy Dalton, the oh, yeah. ugliest Bond ever. But let's be honest, Chico, he is Mr. Pricklepants. Yes. We all love Mr. Pricklepants. Right. Followed by Pierce, I was born to play Bond, baby. Brosnan. Should we play the clip from Mrs. Doubtfire where. Robin Williams throws, like, the thing at Pierce Brosnan's head. Why, yes. Yes, we should. Who's Rugrats? 
Miranda Hillard's. Miranda Hillard? Mm-hmm. The woman I'm seeing. No kidding. You? A guy who's never having kids? Won't have anything to do with kids? You won't even date a woman who's got kids. People change, Ron. I'm pushing 40. I don't want to spend the rest of my life by myself. She's got an awful lot of baggage, though. Three kids. Three terrific kids, and I'm crazy about them. Especially that little Natalie. Look at her. She's a sweet pie. God knows. They need some kind of stable father figure in their life right now. Thanks, Todd. Well, what about their real father? Yeah. What can I say, Ron? The guy's a loser. I'll see you. Loser. Yeah. Oh, sir. I saw it. Some angry member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them? Oh, the terrorists, they ran that way. It was a run by fruiting. I'll get them, sir. Don't worry. <clears throat> oh. Oh. Good waste of juice. Loser. What are you looking at? Oh, what a classic scene. What? We miss you, Robin. Yep. We miss you, Robin. And then you have Daniel Craig, who, when he was announced to play Bond, everybody just got into a gigantic bit. Because they were calling him Blonde Bond, and this guy doesn't look the part. This was way before Mean Tweets became a big selling point. Yeah, back then it was just in it cool news message boards. Yeah, something awful message boards. There's Keith Chico's sister with the comment that no one thought he would do a good job. Well, as it turned out, when Casino Royale came out in 2006, everyone was wrong. Oh, yeah. When Casino Royale hit, that's when things went crazy. And it just so happens that Daniel Craig followed it up with a whole lot more star turns. You're talking... Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and now you have No Time to Die, which the People's Movie Critic of the the Bob and Sherry show gave a six-pack of Budweiser, so you know it's going to be good. Okay. And everyone needs to see this movie. I got to tell you that this movie's going to have you crying at the end. I'm not going to say anything more, but the movie's going to have you crying at the end. Indeed. But we're not here to talk about the movie Bond. We're here to talk about the TV Bond. And would you believe that the TV Bond was a strapping hunk of U.S. of American? What? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But Chico. This was 1954 and 007 was an American. Was an American, baby. <laughs> From the United States of Guns. No. United States of the Gun Show, am I right? Except now, if anybody didn't look like James Bond, it would be the guy that actually played James Bond in the episode of Climax that we're about to discuss, a man by the name of Barry Nelson. Yeah, because we already talked about Barry Nelson. I think we talked about him in the Ropers, didn't we? 
I believe we did. He was a guest star on an episode of The Ropers, yes. Well, we also did talk about him on To Tell the Truth in 1980. He was on uh, at least one week of that. Oh, okay. So yep. this is the third time we brought up Barry Nelson. At least the second, but yeah, we'll, we'll say third for now. Yeah, sadly, no longer with us. Yeah, unfortunately. But hey, quite a career Barry Nelson had. But he probably would have liked very much to forget this one. Oh, everyone would like to forget this. This was long before the James Bond film franchise, because this was a good eight years before Dr. No. Uh-huh. And remember, Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman didn't get the rights to Casino Royale. That was the only book of the uh, Ian Fleming books that they did not have the rights to. Because remember, they made Casino Royale into that weird parody movie in 1967. Yeah, with Woody Allen in it. Woody Allen, Peter Sellers, and everybody. I actually got the DVD at like a thrift store like two or three years ago for like $1.99. It's New old stock, it's brand new, it's not open. I haven't even opened it to watch it yet, but I'm quite sure it's going to be terrible whenever I watch it. Oh, yeah. Much like this. Yeah. Let's talk about, real quick, what Climax is. Climax is one of the uh, old-time, old-fashioned anthology series, not unlike the podcasts of today, particularly this one, where they would sort of air out a live... Was it a live story? Yeah, live story. It was a live setting. It was kind of like a play the way it was set up. It was three acts. It was a play in three acts every week. It aired from 1954 to 1958. It was hosted by a man by the name of William Lundigan and later co-hosted by Mary Costa. And it was actually one of the few CBS programs, according to Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, to be broadcast in color. But uh, only black and white kinescopes exist of the shows as we know it. And one of the black and white kinescopes was discovered in 1981 by film historian Jim Schonberger. And it happens to be uh, the third episode of the first season which we're talking about now, Casino Royale, based on the Ian Fleming novel of the same name. So how did Climax do, Bond? James Bond. Well, as you would understand, it is based on the uh, novel by Ian Fleming, and it stars Barry Nelson as James Bond. Playing the sheep, who is the uh, big bad of the film, I use the word film laughingly, is Peter Lorre. Is he related to Chuck Lorre? No. Peter Lorre's like a legend. Casablanca, come on. No, seriously, if you heard his voice, you'd be like, oh, that's Peter Lorre. He sort of talks like these Peter Lorre. Oh, that guy! That guy! Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think we just educated Chico a little bit. Yeah, it's also in the Maltese Falcon. Oh, I love them. You know how much I love the Maltese Falcon. And I don't know who Peter Lorre is, but I know the voice, so. Yay? (laughs) Yay, education. Anyway, 
And then we have Linda Christian playing the character of Valerie Mathis, who is a composite character of Vespa Lind and Renee Mathis from the book. And you pretty much best know Vespa Lind as being played in the 2006 Casino Royale by Ava Green. Okay, let's just play the clip here. I'm the money. Every penny of it. Get it! <laughs> you get it! I don't think I want to get it. It's making a joke because of Money Penny. See, I get that. Yeah, okay. We have the mission. We have the cast. And then we also have sort of a deuteragonist in uh, Clarence Leiter. Yeah, because Clarence Leiter is actually supposed to be Felix Leiter. But Felix Leiter in the James Bond books is American. But they can't make him American because James Bond in this version is an American. So they make him, I think, French for some reason. So be Clarence Leiter or something. And he's sort of... No, uh, Clarence Leiter is uh, British. Oh, he's British. Oh, so they reversed yeah, Clarence... it. Yeah, I... they, they, re- they, uh, they sort of like uh, nationality flipped uh, James Bond and Felix Leiter. Because you remember Felix Leiter in Dr. No was played by Jack Lord. Yes, he was. He's been great po- Jack Lord. Jack yeah. Lord, and he's been played by many actors throughout the franchise, including most recently Jeffrey Wright in the Daniel Craig movies. Oh, God. By the way, Jeffrey Wright is a freaking genius. Oh, by the way, Thor Odinson, you have been chosen. <laughs> just gra- He just grabbed Thor like he was a toy on the What If finale. Oh, God. If you haven't seen the What If finale, go watch it right now. <laughs> well, actually, finish the, listening to this podcast. Then go then watch Then you can watch. If not, it's like you had two weeks to watch it. Seriously, why are you listening to this before you watch What anyway, If finale? Anyway, so they nationality flipped James Bond and Felix Slider. They renamed him Clarence. And they renamed James Bond Jimmy for some reason. <laughs> Jimmy. Why'd they name him Jimmy? I don't know. I guess it rolls off the tongue better on live television. I guess the guys who were playing them got really, really drunk beforehand just to relax. I don't know. This is 1954. Yeah. So the basic gist is straight out of the novel, more or less where uh, James Bond meets up with Clarence Leiter, his uh, liaison, I guess. And they're playing the Maharaja Doville, and they're using the game of Baccarat to put Le Chief into a trap, forces Soviet spy masters to retire him. They want to kill him. You ever see Burn Notice? That's what they want to do to him. Wait, does Peter Laurie have a contact with Buddy Hackett and Soupy Sales? I figure you do a good takeout business. Good takeout business. Yeah, we do a good takeout business. Takeout business. <laughs> takeout business. If they were ever in a Bond movie, it would be the funniest Bond movie ever. Even funnier than... Anyway. 
So while they're playing Bucka Rock, James Bond meets a former lover, the erstwhile Valerie Mathis, who is the Sheep's current girlfriend. Awkward. I'm amazed Peter Laurie can get someone as attractive as that. Man, he does not deserve her. No. So, of course, Bond beats the sheep at Baccarat. I'm not saying he wasn't deserving of it. All I'm saying is that that fueled the fire in the main say, okay, you think he's the MVP? Good friend, no problem. The sheep returns to Bond's hotel room and basically roughs him up. Because it's like, does he want to kill him or does he want the check? Because that's basically what he's asking for is, where is the money? Where's the check? Is he like uh, Carl Lewis in that video saying he wants his effing money? So a fight ensues. The sheep's shot. Bond is tired. The sheep grabs Valerie, holding her hostage, and Bond rescues Valerie and shoots the sheep dead. Well, as dead as you can be on live television. That's basically the gist of the episode and the novel. Yeah, pretty much. There's really not much to say about this. Oh, yeah. Another interesting thing. Okay, CBS paid Ian Fleming $1,000 for the rights to adapt the novel into the episode. Which would be about 10000 in 2021. Somewhere close to that. It was written by Anthony Ellis and Charles Bennett. Bennett's known for uh, working on the 39 Steps and Sabotage with the great Alfred Hitchcock. And, of course, many of the details found in the book are not in the episode because you're condensing all of the big events into the single hour. And of course, we had to do a little bit of creative rewrites to account for the fact that our James Bond doesn't work for MI6 on His Majesty's Secret Service. He works for something called Combined Intelligence. What in the world is Combined Intelligence? I guess it's one of those things where you have to say, Say you're working for the CIA without saying you're working for the CIA. So that is basically the story of Casino Royale in a nutshell, but... Oh, gosh. We all know it got readapted 13 years later into whatever the hell that movie was. Uh Uh-huh. And by the way, the 1954 version of Casino Royale is actually a DVD extra in the DVD for the 1967 Casino Royale. Yep. That happened. It did. It did. And then, of course, we all know what happened in 2006. Yep. We sure did. And uh, this show, this particular episode, actually does have a bit of a legacy. Oh? Aside from the comical rewrite and the Daniel Craig, I want to kill you rewrite. 
Now, CBS invited, in 1958, they invited Ian Fleming to write 32 episodes for a TV show based on James Bond. He agreed to do so, but nothing ever came of it. Three of those outlines, though, ended up as short stories in the 1960 uh, anthology book For Your Eyes Only, along with two new stories. Uh, Like we said, that particular episode was thought to be lost media until 1981 when Jim Schoenberger found a black and white kinescope of the live broadcast, presumably from the East Coast, because if I recall correctly, they did the show twice, live, one for the East Coast and one for the West Coast. Yeah, because that's how they rolled back in the day. There was no such thing as videotape. Yeah, and when you hear of something done live nowadays, that is what is traditionally done. They do it live, except for, of course, uh, your Dancing with the Stars is, your American Idols is, your voices. But when you're doing, we're talking about a live episode of a TV show or a live performance, they will do it twice. Twice. Once for the East Coast and once for the West Coast. Except for SNL, which used to be just tape delayed on the West Coast, but now SNL is aired live on both coasts now. Indeed. And the kinescope that was found by Schoenberger in 81 aired as part of a James Bond movie marathon on TBS. And TBS didn't include the last two minutes, which were at that point still lost, but Eventually, that missing footage, minus the last seconds of the end credits, was found included on a Spy Guys and Kara Entertainment VHS release, and MGM subsequently included the incomplete version on the first DVD release of the 1967 Casino Royale. So if you manage to find that, you will be able to watch that episode of Climax. Or you can look on the YouTube. It is floating around there somewhere. By the way, did you know who did the featured music in this episode of Climax for Casino Who did the featured music? Oh, wait. I know one person. Was there more than one person? I know one. There was more than one person, but I mean, this is the one person I want to highlight specifically. Jerry Goldsmith? Yes. And if you don't know who Jerry Goldsmith is, what podcast are you? even listening to well, not... have you even do you even know what star trek is yeah he recorded the main star trek theme well not because alexander courage did the original theme not but the I mean, original one but i mean the one from the, the one next generation used, yeah the, the one that was used in a star the... trek the motion picture yes b star trek the next generation yeah or c time capsule showcases on the price is right that is true it's true so, uh, we actually have a, a review of this. Oh. Okay, from efilmcritic.com's David Cornelius. He says, the first act really gives into spy pulp cliche. He thinks that Barry Nelson was miscast, and he trips over his lines and lacks the elegance needed for the role. He described Peter Lorre as 
the real main attraction, the veteran villain working at full weasel mode, a grotesque weasel whose very presence makes you uncomfortable. He's not wrong. Peter Laurie is historically a heel and a crazy one at that. So Peter Laurie was basically the price of admission. And if you were to get him as your villain, that would lend a whole lot of legitimacy to your production, I think. Yes. A couple more fun facts for this. Uh, we talked about... Uh, uh, actually, Barry Nelson actually talked about his time in 1987, how he managed to sort of hop into the role as James Bond here. Okay. And this was in an interview with Entertainment Tonight, where he says that he'd been working on a CBS series called My Favorite Husband when he received a rush telephone call from CBS. They were in a bit of a trouble trying to cast the episode of Climax. He had not read Climax at the time, and sort of the phenomenon was kind of sort of lost on him, and back then, the phenomenon was simply the books. Yeah, it was just books. It was just the books. I mean, it wasn't that big of a thing. It was just, okay, there are books. They're really good books. But when people actually watch a TV version of said books, guess we'll find out. And in 1983, he talked more about Casino Royale. And this was at an interview with Starlog Magazine, where he says, They went through, cut three words here, a line there, a half a word there, and their script ended up looking like a bad case of tic-tac-toe. I tell you, it was so frightening that when I entered, my only thought was, oh God, if I could only get out of this, mother. I was very dissatisfied with the part. I thought they wrote it poorly, no charmer character or anything. And Peter Lorre could tell that Barry was worried. And due to the last minute script changes, Lorre was to have said, straighten up, Barry, so I can kill you. Oh, God. We're talking about cuts made to the scripts to fit the hour spec. Notably, the code number 007 is never mentioned, nor does Bond say the line, except it's used in the novel. He does say Bond. James Bond. In the novel. Uh, Barry Nelson said he was in Jamaica when he got the call to play James Bond, which is sort of fortuitous because Ian Fleming has an estate down in Jamaica, the GoldenEye estate. Yes, that's where the movie was named after. The movie GoldenEye and subsequently the game was named after Ian Fleming's estate in Jamaica. The first game based on a James Bond film and the only game based on a James Bond film because, frankly, I don't think anything made afterwards could top it. 
I don't know. I think the um, remember that uh, everything or nothing game that EA made that was pretty good. Yeah, that had Pierce Brosnan in it. That wasn't too bad. Nope. And when MGM finally obtained the rights to Casino Royale in 2000 to do the proper Bond film based upon it, it included the rights to this movie. And a year after this was broadcast, the uh, Casino Royale novel was retitled Too Hot to Handle in the U.S. What? What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Too now, much? Now, Ian Fleming had suggested the double O agent and the deadly gamble. But no, they liked too hot to handle. And another noticeable difference between this and other James Bond is that his Shrink of choice was not a martini shaken, not stirred. It was a scotch and water. James Bond drinking water. Okay. That works, yep. I guess. And of course, this being an episode of Climax, it was shot live. Where else, guys? Television City in Hollywood. Oh, wow. Even I can't believe even in 1954, CBS Television City existed. Oh, yeah. I did not realize it went back all the way to 1954. That is incredible. Do we have anything more to say about Casino Royale? Uh, not really. I mean, it was a forgettable episode of a forgettable TV show until it was unearthed and then it became once again a thing on TV. Well guys I got something for you. Oh boy. Guys we're gonna play Naughty Pay Prices Right. Oh yeah time for the sexy music. Guys, you are bidding on a two-disc widescreen edition of Casino Royale. Now, this is going to be played a little differently. I bought this at a thrift store, but this was a blockbuster copy of Casino Royale that was sold previously viewed. Okay, so this was the 67 movie previously viewed. No, no, this is a 2006 movie. Okay, cool. This is a 2006 movie. So you're going to bid on the difference of the 2006 Casino Royale, the difference of the price it was at Blockbuster compared to the price that I bought the DVD for in 2021. So you're going to be bidding on the difference in the price, not how much it's worth, the difference in the but, price compared okay, to when it was so, sold so in 2007 to 2021. Basically, the list price minus what, what I paid. Yeah. 
So I'm going to start the bidding with Chico. Uh, well, this was a blockbuster copy, so I imagine it was going to be pretty pricey. And then but, you got it at a thrift shop, so it's I previously think... viewed. So yeah. if that oh, helps. okay. Okay, in that case, I'm going to go with. Let's make it an even ten dollars. Mike, it was previously viewed as a blockbuster. I'm gonna go seven dollars. Okay, the price it was at Blockbuster was fourteen ninety nine. What I paid for it was two dollars and ninety nine cents for a difference of twelve dollars. What Chico wins? Okay, well. I figured you probably paid two ninety nine at the thrift store, but I thought the blockbuster price would have been nine ninety nine, well, not fourteen ninety nine. Well, that's the way it goes. Well, oops, oops. But guys, guess what? What's that? Let's play eBay prices right for real. Oh no. Uh... Okay, so guys, you're bidding on the three-disc collector's edition of the 2006 Casino Royale movie on DVD, which I actually just bought on eBay on Monday. I'm going to show you a picture in the chat of it right now. Okay. Yeah, that looks official. Looks legit. Okay. Hey, Chico. Oh, I love that. Hey, Chico, that picture of Ava Green on the uh, digipack looks good looks really good looks good looks good looks good hey mike doesn't that look good oh it looks good conan what do you think looks good looks good looks good oh it 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 looks good looks good thanks pat o'brien wrong o'brien mike Oh, uh, you know what? If it was Pat O'Brien, you know he'd he'd invite Eva Green for some hookers, get some coke, they'd go crazy. Okay, so you're bidding on what I paid for the Casino Royale DVD on eBay. It was a buy it now, and Mike, you're gonna go first. That, that looks really new, by the way. It really does look new. I see some wear in the corners, so uh, that's actually something I'm keeping in mind. It, it looks new, but you can tell there's a little bit of age to it. Um, let's go seven. Well, I'll repeat my price from earlier: seven dollars. Chico. Um. You know what? I know you, and I know what your bag is. So I'm gonna guess four ninety nine. Oh, you're not gonna believe this, Mike. Yeah, it was six ninety nine. No, no, no! You overbid by a penny. Dang it! Well, that's the way it goes sometimes. Hey, it's like Bond said when Vespa introduced herself, saying that she was the money. Every penny of it.
Every penny of it. Yeah, that doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? <laughs> well, I pl- tried. <laughs> I tried, y'all. I tried. You know what else you can try? Um, visiting it was a thing on TV.com. Yes, all 206 episodes prior to this. You can listen to our past shows, all of the live shows, all of the director's cuts. And by the way, we finally released the final edition of the It Was a Thing on TV remastered series. Episode 20, Millionaire Wannabes from 2000. You can relive it all. The Wonder Wall, 21. It's your chance of a lifetime. Shredded credit card bills. You got it all in this episode. All of that. All of that. But you know what, guys? I got an important announcement to make regarding what else we're going to play in the Wednesday spot. What are we going to play in the Wednesday spot? Well, guys, I've decided, you know what? We're getting close, Chico. We're two months away from the big event. So finally, for the first time on the It Was a Thing on TV pod bean page, we're putting into the Spidey movie verse. We're going to start from the beginning of the series that we've done on Play Speed Nation Pop, Chico. We're going to have the pilot episode this coming Wednesday. And believe it or not, it does involve James Bond in a way. Yeah. True story, bro. But you're going to have to listen to that on Wednesday. But and that's on the Podbean feed. Podbean feed. But the next day on Thursday, which will be our next regular episode, guys, we're covering a cult classic as part of our Halloween 2021 trilogy. And guys, when I say cult classic, this is a cult classic. This puts the classic in cult classic. It really is, yeah. Yeah. But what are we talking about? You're just going to have to wait for the next episode of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you right here on Thursday. Wow! Crabs. I always thought your game was stealing state secrets. Mm. Whatever you want from me, James, the odds are not in your favor. Well, maybe I'll get lucky. Now, where's your boss? Seven, winner! Really? <laughs> I just rolled a seven. <clears throat> what makes you think you can stop him? Oh, well, that's simple, my darling. I'm double O. Seven! I can't believe that just works! Hot hand at the table, folks. Place your bets. Keep it up, Texas. My ass is in the hole, so you gotta dig me out. Uh, I put big money down, dude, or I ain't told loser my wife's gonna kill me. So who cares, though, right? It's my money, right? Uh, what, 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 what do I do now? What do I do now? Roll an eight for this old beanbag, will you? Uh, um, okay. <laughs> I can't believe oh, my heart's beating so fast. This is just like, uh, okay. Give me an eight. Give me an eight. Give me an eight. Six, two, easy eight. Just let me rolling hot bones tonight. You, sir. You. You, sir. You. Sir, you, you. I don't know why I never 
play craps? It's so exciting. So what? Okay, what do I do now? That depends, Monsieur Bond. Okay, the game now, right now, is don't roll a seven. Okay, got it, got it. Waitress, waitress, can I, uh, can I get a vodka martini shake? Oh, you know what? No. Can I get a vodka and Red Bull pint glass, please? Thank you. Seven. We got a six. into my sweets. I'll meet you up there. If I roll a hard four, you're gonna call me Simba because I am the king of the jungle! <laughs> two and two make four the hard way! My boss is in Reykjavik, Iceland. That is where Spectre's located. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. I'm buzzed. <laughs> okay, okay, what do I roll now? Snake eyes! Oh, you don't deserve snake eyes. Oh, please! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then work for it, bitches! Hey, why don't you take a look at these old snake eyes? <laughs> this dragon just got you snake eyes! It seems, Mr. Bond, your luck has run out. He's a special agent. Well played, Bond. Everyone all right? Yeah. Especially since you just rolled Snake Eyes! <laughs> 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 <laughs>